Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The final word. Good evening. I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. As you know, we are award-winning, often imitated, and never duplicated. This is the place to get your opinion on TV every Sunday night, and we're live tonight. You never know what's going to happen when we're live. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. They're all there. What a great sight. The afternoon host at 105.9 The X. Mark Madden. Yo, 72 Dolphins. What's causing all this? Don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. <laughs> From Channel 11, welcome back, Jenna Harner. Glad to be here. Welcome to the AFC North, Joe Burrow. He said after the game that he's excited to play the Steelers again. Yeah, good luck with that one because the Steelers are going to be excited to get to him and sack him more than four times when they meet him again late November, late December. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Joining us remotely, looking better than ever, it's Dan Kovacevic. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Elby. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a parentheses back after his name, after what he's done to carry these Steelers to this 9-0 and record, including what he did today. Yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words on the best thing you saw from today's Steelers win. Uh, with the way that things are headed with COVID-19, should the NFL require bubbles for the playoffs, not including Ben Roethlisberger? Who's the one player the Steelers can't do without? And Clint Hurdle was hired by the Pirates 10 years ago today. What's Clint Hurdle's lasting legacy? But first, the night's big topic. With seven games remaining in the regular season, how do you see the Steelers finishing out? Who, if anybody, will beat them along the way? Mark, you're first. I think the Steelers will go 14-2. and two. I think they'll lose to Baltimore on Thanksgiving because they'll be about due to lose then. And because the split with Baltimore is what I predicted before the season, then they'll lose the game down the stretch when they're resting players because they've clinched whatever it is they can clinch. But what worries me moving forward, and of course as a sports talk radio host, I have to criticize even a team that's 9-0, they got to run the ball better, and they got to commit to the run. These last three weeks, their running game has been non-existent. They abandon it at the drop of a hat, and they're going to need to run the ball to beat Kansas City in a playoff game. They can't trade quick strikes with Patrick Mahomes. They got to possess the ball. They got to grind it out. They got to make the game short, and they better figure out how to do it long before they have to do it. Jenna, you're next. I guess maybe I'm a little pessimistic here in the sense I kind of see them finishing 13 and three. I think between the Bills and the Ravens, you're going to lose one of those games. Whichever one of those games you don't lose, you go to that game and the Colts game and you lose one of those. So basically, Bills, Ravens, Colts, you're going to lose two out of those three potentially. And then I think also, too, there's going to be some sort of either a fluke loss in the next coming weeks here or kind of what Mark was saying, too, when they kind of rest guys knowing that they've already clinched whatever they're going to clinch. But I think between the Bills and the 
Ravens game. Those are going to be two really important games to kind of see exactly who this Steelers team is. And if they can play complete games or at least semi-complete game other than the run game like we saw them play today, I think there's a lot of success, success still to come from this team. Dan? If they don't lose the Baltimore, they lose the Buffalo. Yeah. So it has been said, so it will come to pass. <laughs> We're saying right. it right here, right now. Dane, you're up. Well, I mean, or they lose to Jacksonville. Anybody who's been paying attention to the Jaguars at one and eight, uh, it, that looks like they're some kind of pathetic team. They're in every game. They have a reputation now around the league as being like one of the scrappiest, try hardest teams. And we saw what that was like in Dallas a week ago when the Cowboys came with that attitude. Look, everybody wants to beat the team that's undefeated. So you're going to see games losses I think that'll be more surprising than the ones we've mentioned so far Buffalo and Baltimore are obviously the toughest teams left Cleveland's probably got more in them than what they showed the last time I'll tell you something else I'm not all that concerned I, I don't care what their record is they have to set themselves up to be the best possible football team Jenna used the term complete that's what I want to start seeing more of from this team Mark you're right the running game has to be not a little bit better not a lot better, a ton better than what it is right now for this team to be taken seriously as a contender. Concentrate a lot more on that than on the individual outcomes. And I think we saw flashes of that complete game today. I think I kind of want to put this game as well as the first half of the Titans game. Those are probably, and the Cleveland Browns game, I guess, too, probably the three most complete majority of games we've seen from this team throughout yeah. the second half of the Titans game. I don't know. I just think today, I mean, I with the defense I... with Ben. Go ahead, go ahead. I know I hear you on the on the Tennessee and the Cleveland games. That's a damaged opponent they beat today. You yeah. know, I, I, I hear you on the other two. That one I'm kind of you know what I'm. This team was just they were bad and banged up. No, this, was, this wasn't a great team by any means. But I think it was that, I don't want to say entirely confidence booster, but I think especially after what we saw last week with all the things that mm -hmm. they needed to clean up, I think we saw at least a decent amount of those things where yes. the defense came out and made stops. They forced takeaways. We saw things that at least we wanted to see from this team this week against a Bengals team that we knew they should have beat by the amount of points they beat them by today. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word and on Facebook at the final word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the best thing you saw in today's Steelers win. Uh, from Facebook, Clarence says, Big Ben loves his receivers. Also from Facebook, nice relaxing blowout for once. Thanks, Steve. And finally from Twitter, Hot Rod says, remember it was the Bengals. Uh, now we go to Mark and Jen and Dan. Five words on the best thing you saw today. Mark's first. Well, first off, we need to pull the camera closer because I look like I'm wearing a giant tablecloth. But the five words are the defense on third down. The Bengals were 0 for 13 on third down, and the Steelers had been getting shredded on third down all season long, allowing 45% as a conversion rate. That had to stop, and it did today. That Steelers defense, when something goes wrong, they fix it. Jenna, five words. Spreading the wealth among receivers. I think we know how deep this Steelers offense is, at least in terms of their receiving core. We've talked about it for God knows how many games, but we really saw Ben come back again after a week where he didn't practice. And I think people need to also remember just how young this receiving core is, and they're not entirely playing like they're a young group. Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the most veteran guys in that group, and it seems kind of strange to say that. But the fact that you're getting Chase Claypool involved 
involved. You're getting James Washington involved. Deontay Johnson having a big game after we haven't seen a ton from him in recent weeks. And then, of course, obviously with Juju getting him involved as well. All right, Dan, five words. Five words. Roethlisberger, 46 yards to Johnson. One play, one pass, deep shot. Ben puts it in a perfect spot despite the heavy winds that are going through Heinz Field. I asked Ben afterward if that made a difference to the rest of his game, and he acknowledged that it did. He felt more confident. He felt more comfortable after that. This has to be a part of the offense every bit as much as the running stuff that Mark's been talking about in this show, and rightly so. The Steelers have to be able to spread defenses out, back the safeties off, and a lot of things will open up, including possibly the running game a little more. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, still to come, with the way things are headed with COVID-19, should the NFL require bubbles for the playoffs? Uh, a comment before we go to break. The only bubbles I want to see are the champagne after the Super Bowl win. Uh, the final word is next as we debate that topic and more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Jenna Harner, and Dan Kovacevic. And let's get right back to it. With the way things are headed with COVID, should the NFL require bubbles for the playoffs? What do you think, Dan? Well, there's different definitions of bubbles, and I think that's important to clarify here. I think when the common sports fan hears about the bubble, they think of what the NHL and the NBA did, which is complete isolation from everything. And the NHL runs off to another country and they end up with zero cases in two and a half months and everyone's like yay way to go great well there are repercussions to that you can't have fans you can't have atmosphere you can't have anything uh, i think if the nfl comes up with a bubble type plan it might be something that's limited just to the conference championships and to the super bowl where their worst nightmare albie by a mile is somebody's star quarterback not being available to play in the Super Bowl. That's what they're going to guard against the most. All right, uh, let's go to social media. And, and following up on what you just said, that's what the, this one says. Only for the conference championship games and Super Bowl. Uh, Jenna, what's your thought on this? Yeah, I'm kind of with Dan. Just I don't think it needs to be that complete isolation NHL type because we know how those players responded to it. I think if anything, once the regular season comes to an end, have the teams do some sort of team bubble where they can only, you know, go to their facilities and then go to a hotel. Don't bring any external factors into it because, again, the last thing anybody wants to happen is to see a team star quarterback, a star receiver, any of these high power high-paid high players not be able to play because of even a, a false negative. So, you know, that just I think that'll help for sure. Mark? Uh, I just think they should keep doing it like they've done it. Uh, the NFL has by far the hardest job, well, in pro sports, college football, that's not working at all because you can't ride herd on kids 24-7. And why should they conform? They're not making a living from it. Uh, but with the NFL, just keep doing it like you're doing it. They've had the toughest job with the big rosters and uh, the big staff. And it's gone relatively well, and they've done a good job reorganizing and rescheduling when they've had to. So I just say, keep it going like it's been going. It's been good enough. All right. And which player does this team need most to continue their winning ways, not including Ben Roethlisberger? Who's the one player the Steelers cannot do without, Jenna? 
I'm going to go with TJ Watt, especially with what we saw from him today. Look, he's just been so dominant in so many different ways. Two sacks alone. He's already got seven on the season. Him and Bud Dupree, the tandem of the two, you take one piece away. Obviously, the defense still maintains a high level of success, but I think he's just such a big playmaker, and he's so young. He's going to be getting after these young AFC North quarterbacks for years to come. All right, back to Facebook. Ronald says, Joe Hayden, he alters a quarterback's passing style. Uh, Dane, you're next on this one. Oh, doesn't it have to be Tyson Alualu at this point? I mean, look, when he's out of the games, they're an absolute wreck on defense. No, it ain't I, him. I, no, it's not. But I'll say uh, I'll, I'll go with Jenna. I think TJ's actually kind of the easy choice here because what he's able to do uh, off the off the edge there, we saw it again today. Is just there's no one else doing that. Uh, Mark, I would have thought it was Devin Bush, but they've gotten lucky in that. Robert Spillane's not as good as you think he is, but he ain't bad. But uh, T.J. Watt's the easy pick. I'm going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick. If T.J. Watt got hurt, Highsmith could come in and they could get by. If Minka Fitzpatrick gets hurt, there's no one to replace him. And Mink is always right place, right time. From what we've seen in the last couple weeks, I think that's just one of the most fascinating things about him. He's always there, always there to make those plays. Name the Steelers' third safety. That's how you do this. And we're reminiscing in our final topic tonight, getting back to baseball. Mark, Clint Hurdle was hired by the Pirates 10 years ago today. Uh, With all, it seems like 100 years ago. But what's Clint Hurdle's lasting legacy? Uh, None whatsoever. He never won a playoff series. Those three decent seasons were a blip on the radar screen of a horrible franchise. He was a decent manager, and that makes him one of the best managers in recent franchise history. But in terms of legacy, give me a break. None. All right. Being attentive and kind to my mother on her 100th birthday when she was a fan of the game back in 2019. That's from D. D sent a nice picture as well. Uh, Jenna, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I'm kind of an outsider in the sense that I, you know, didn't really entirely know a ton about the Pirates before coming here because just, you know, the National League in itself didn't really follow it to its entirety. But you know that the, he snapped their playoff drought, and I think that's something that, as an outsider's perspective, you kind of just saw when, you know, you're talking about him across the league. Nothing splash, nothing crazy spectacular. People seem to have mixed opinions on him. But, you know, he helped this team make the playoffs for the first time since 1992. I think that's some sort of commendable for this franchise. Dan? You know, when Clint was hired at his press conference and introduced, I should say, you'll remember this, Albie, because you were there as well. He talked about rebonding a city with its baseball team. And for those three years, but in particular 2013 and especially the blackout game, which, by the way, Mark, is an official playoff round. When the Pirates beat the Reds, uh, they, they, they advanced <laughs> through that round. Well, Eden Bucks, saying, congratulations. Cueto dropped the ball. Is, I'll never forget it. Incorrect. Clint Hurdle also was an exceptional human being who, on a personal level, made an impact on, on my life. Uh, I've seen him make an impact on a lot of people's lives. He's still doing that. Uh, legacy, though, that's tough because the way it ended. And it ended badly for everybody, including Clint. Well, he did break the drought, as Jenna mentioned, and he is one of the all-time good guys. So, Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's a good way to look at it. All right, when we come back, we're going to go around the horn. Any topic is on the table next as the final word continues.
Welcome back. It's time now for the final word, and everybody gets a chance. That's how it works. Mark, you're first. Pine Richland High School was a powerhouse in Whippeal 6A football for many years, and now their enrollments dropped just below that level, so they went to 5A and won that championship. And they're under some criticism because they could have opted to play up, but that's nonsense. If you're below a certain enrollment level, you should play at the enrollment level that is dictated. Uh, Aliquippa opted to play up. They lost in the 3A final and more power to them. But Pine Richland, 6A, it's a bad division. Only eight teams. They played in a better league and got the same results, so I don't criticize them at all. Dan, final word. Aliquippa actually deserves all the credit in the world because they make their kids better. But it's Mark's final words. I'm going to go to mine, which is that the Ravens stink. I don't think much of them as a football team i didn't going into this year once they lost marshall yanda uh a legendary i think a future hall of famer at offensive line then they lose ronnie stanley the starting left tackle let's not forget the ravens were built entirely entirely on this multi-pronged rushing attack that's got no one fooled anymore and now has a lot of its main parts missing this team is not going to be any threat to the steelers yeah i'm kind of agreeing with that uh jenna your final word Everybody needs to remember that there is parity in sports and parity in the NFL. We look at things as such a small sample size. We dive into, oh, this game, this minute detail, this, this, and this. There are days where really good football teams can lose to really bad football teams. There are days where really awful football teams can have one or two really solid plays and pull a big upset off of a good football team. At the end of the day, we look at things in such a small sample size. You have to pull back, look at the big picture here. All right. Thank you all. And our final word now from social media. Stillers have to fix the run game if they want to win at all. That's from Mike on Twitter. Gee, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I was thinking that earlier. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, for the tweets. And uh, my weekly reminder to download the free WPXI app and make sure you're with us on Wednesday nights for two great streaming shows. Halftime adjustments at 7.30. Fantasy Football Insider brought to you by Cal U follows at 8 p.m. And that's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Jenna, and Dan. Thanks for staying up late. See you next time.